0: This is Anthony Pascal.
1: And this is Laurie Elster. And this is the All Access Star Trek Podcast. We are going to be reviewing Prodigy Episode 109, A Moral Star, Part 1. But before we get to that, we are going to give you some news. And we're going to start with the latest from Star Trek Picard. There's been a flurry of activity.
0: When we recorded last week, we had just reported the news that they had set a release date of March 3rd. And they had released a poster for Season 2.
1: And we were excited just about the poster.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then um, they released a whole trailer, like a big two-minute-long trailer, and and you know it was big news around the world because this was the trailer that finally showed what we all knew was coming, which is Whoopi.
1: Whoopi, I was like Whoopi, it's Whoopi. I was so happy to see her.
0: Because they spent a year pretending that they hadn't previously already revealed that she was going to yeah. be in it.
1: That's the weird part. Like, it really was this big announcement as if it, as if nobody knew. And I'm like, but they actually said it like right on her show.
0: <laughs> right. But that was a long time ago. But she said it again on her show this week because after the trailer release, she like, brought it up on the show they showed a clip of it on the show so that'll be helpful for the promotion i guess
1: yeah well she also she talked about how she was on i guess she was she was on steroids for a while and so she got quite big and she said i look like i ate the enterprise
0: <laughs> well, i like... thought she looked she looked good the hat was yeah. big enough
1: the hat was we were... cra- you know all i want is the hat i want Whoopi and i want the hat and i got both so
0: i was very happy they released a photo with Whoopi. You know, so they made a made a big deal out of it. Um, they sent a press release out around the world, so they got another big wave of publicity, which was you know their second in in the same week.
1: What did you think of the trailer overall? Like, what were your before we get in before we dive in? What were your aesthetic thoughts on it?
0: I, I thought it was a great trailer. It was exciting. It kind of reconfirmed a lot of things that I feel like I have already been speculating about. Besides Whoopi being the big reveal, it was also the first time we saw Brent Spiner, even though they'd actually been saying he's in the season, and then it's kind of come out that he's not playing data and he's not playing anyone he's played before, but he is playing a new Sung. Although they didn't say that in the trailer, we gotta look at him, and it it also confirmed our theory that he's playing a Sung in the 21st century right which we now know the other big thing is they finally told us exactly when and it's the year 2024 right which is a kind of important year in star trek it's like two years before world war three starts it's the same year ben cisco's in san francisco uh, with the bell riots
1: cisco in san francisco (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that is one of my favorite uh deep space nine episodes i love that one
0: so I liked it. It's reconfirmed the structure that we believe the season falls into, which is it'll start kind of after season one, but some time has passed. Picard's back in Starfleet. He's a, he's an admiral again. Rafi's in Starfleet too. Things, have, you know, he's back at his chateau as well. And I don't think he's kind of hanging out with his pals anymore because you get a scene of like seven. And it's kind of – you have to pay attention to Seven in these trailers and look at her face because does she or does she not have her Borg implants? Right. Um, so there's Seven with her Borg implants uh, with the phaser out on a Starfleet ship. So that means it's kind of normal prime timeline. For some reason, she's doing some kind of armed incursion on a Starfleet ship. And so if Picard's in Starfleet, that's probably not going to work for him, I would imagine. Right? I would
1: imagine not.
0: <laughs> and uh, But there's very little of what we think is prime timeline. Then there's alternate timeline stuff, which is they're still in the same year, but it's kind of this dark federation. Not the mirror universe, but...
1: Just some fascists and some, you know, dictator people.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it looks like the Borg have been either eliminated or at least dealt with. Uh, The Borg Queen, we see a lot more of her in this trailer, but there's like a painting in Picard's house that shows the USS Enterprise defeating the Borg, which is probably where they got the Borg Queen. And uh, eventually he has to go to Guinan in this alternate universe because she knows what's happening with alternate timelines. Right.
1: We know from yesterday's Enterprise, yeah.
0: Now, the cute thing, the overly cute thing, (laughs) is when he goes to visit Guinan, she's on Earth in Los Angeles. We think it's the year 2400 alternate timeline, and her bar is on Forward Street.
1: (laughs) And it's number 10.
0: (laughs) Isn't that cute?
1: I think it is cute. I like a little cute every once in a while.
0: There's lots of little Easter eggs you could see. I mean, the the people behind and we've been talking about this. There's you know, there's a lot of people working on this show who, you know, the, the, both Star Trek veterans are just mega fans, like the production designer, um, and showrunner Terry Metalis, and they are having a ball. They're putting little Easter eggs all over the place. Even though this is in an alternate universe, you know, there there's a lot of Star Trek lore here. Um and then after the chat with in um, They don't present it linear in the trailer, of course. Everything is mixed up. So we did an analysis on the site where we reordered the trailer chronologically.
1: Yeah, you and Matt did a great job on that. Like, If you really want to see everything spelled out as much as it can be based on that trailer, go to the website and see the job that Tony and Matt did because it's very thorough and fun to look at.
0: And then they go to LA in twenty twenty four and they use the slingshot around the sun, the old Star Trek three trick. And we I think that's kind of where the bulk of the season is, which is a big money saver, I guess, right? Is they're just yeah. running around LA. Yeah. We think that now, based on this trailer, and this could be trickery, that there's something that happened with this kid in a forest and a Vulcan, and somehow that's changed time. Like I think that kid is is someone who's an adult in 2024, and we're seeing something from the 20, 20th century, even like maybe that's young Brent Spiner or something like that. So it's still, you know, there's many many mysteries to unfold. Uh, we have definitely not worked <laughs> it all out, but I'm you know I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to see the first episode, basically, which is in six weeks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. I
1: think it definitely did the job of getting people excited. I think it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like everybody will get something, well, almost everybody will get something cool to do. Um, There were a few people, like the this newest trailer, I was Issa Briones in it at all? I don't think so.
0: That is a big question. She's not in this one. She was in her previous one. Right. I mean, if I was speculating maybe she doesn't play a huge role in this season maybe she well
1: maybe she's not in one of the timelines
0: well but see we saw her in the los angeles 2024 hmm. in one of the other trailers so but maybe she goes off and does a side mission who knows i you know could she, i mean these are just trailers maybe they just for some reason None of her scenes were exciting enough, you know, because they do a lot. There's a lot of action. Right. Rios, because, you know, because Patrick Stewart is 80. How old is Patrick Stewart? 80. Basically, all all the punching gets done. (laughs) you know, uh, by Rios, you know, and he does, you know, and he, so there's a lot of these action scenes and that kind of stuff. Yeah, Seven gets Um, some good
1: action in there too.
0: Exactly. And they focused on that, you know, so there's some starship, you know, there's a lot of starship combat stuff they show. Um, And of course, nerdy fans like myself could recognize the ships that they used, which are kind of little Easter eggs as well. And so, you know, I'm energized for season two. And then we learned some more in this big cover feature in FS- SFX magazine.
1: Yeah. They talked to Terry Metalis, Akiva Goldsman, Patrick Stewart, John Delancey. I think they said the next issue, they're going to talk to Jerry Ryan. Um, but they just talked a lot about how they, how they see the show as a whole from one season to the next. And, and some of the specifics about what is happening in season two.
0: I've always said that Picard needs to be personal to him, and the way they talk about it, the whole q time travel thing really is a result of their thinking about how to approach the character and in a way what's left over for the character at the end of his life and these old relationships and they kind- of, that's how they kind of started thinking about q and the past and Guinan, so I I think that we're going to get maybe some interesting Q Guinan Picard. God, I mean, even though that's this isn't shown in the trailer, you know, how could they not get the three of them together? I know. In a
1: scene? Well, especially we really just want to see Guinan and Q and find out a yeah. little more about what their deal is. But <laughs> but I think I hope we see all of them together, and I imagine that we will. But they definitely talk about season two as being. About Picard and who he is and who he's become, yeah. so I think that will give you what you want, and I think they're doing it with a lot you know there's a lot of running around and a lot of adventure, but there's a lot of deep character exploration it sounds like
0: Patrick Stewart, in his interview, talks about how things just get a lot more personal, and he says things and does things um I think he he expresses a lot more emotion in this season, yeah. There's things he couldn't have done or just didn't do during the movies and the the series. And he kind of implied that it might be too much for some fans. Like, he's like, I hope fans like it, you know.
1: Well, I think because we have like a long history of seeing Picard as this very perfect person. And even though he had moments where he kind of lost it over whatever was going on. In general, he was he's a very measured, perfect person. He's the person you think you're going to go to when you're in trouble. So to see him, I guess, struggling or experiencing very deep, confusing emotion is maybe not what some people want, or certainly what he's concerned that maybe some people don't want.
0: For Q, and, and looking at what they said about Q and about Delancey and thinking about what delancey has said in previous things i'm gonna just jump to some conclusions here but reading between the lines of all of this i think that q may be dying or ending or transitioning to some other type of life form Mm -hmm. but he's because delancey talks about how he's running out of time you know yeah he says he
1: doesn't have much time to screw around
0: yeah so there's something that he needs picard to do i'm starting to think that he, he goes to Picard and, you know, he wants Picard to do something and maybe he changes the timeline to force Picard to do something. But there's this thing he wants Picard to do and uh, he's not messing around and he doesn't have a lot of time. In a way, maybe the way they're dealing with the a- aging John Lancey is maybe he's a million years older, you know, maybe because he could move right. around in time yep. just because it's been... 30 whatever years for Picard doesn't mean it's been that long for Q, right? Or this Q. So who knows? But there's definitely something going on there. One little thing, which, I mean, we must have known this, but it was confirmed that the Borg queen that they have is a totally different Borg queen. It's not just yeah. being played by a different actress.
1: No, they said this, this Borg queen has a very different history and a different story. They said this particular Borg queen is unlike one we've seen in canon before.
0: Which means she doesn't have that personal connection to Picard,
1: right? And it also, you know, it, it's it seems more like she's on her own, and they do something with her than she's commanding cubes and running things.
0: There was a bit in this article about season three because they're shooting season three. Not much, but you know, it just it just. When you read it, it just makes you feel good about it. And they're they're talking about uh, more ships and having some crazy ideas. We know that there's a big ship being part of season three. Uh, just today, Metallus tweeted out an image from the bridge. They're shooting on the bridge of this unknown ship for season three today. And it was a very cool, you know, one of those cars things. You know, I'm just really jazzed about season three. They haven't said that it's over with season three.
1: No, but say there have been some misunderstandings. I've already seen misunderstandings about that online, and I've seen two or three posts or articles saying they confirmed that it's ending after season three. And we read the full article, and it does not confirm that. No,
0: no. Akiva says essentially what he said to me on the red carpet, which is anything's possible for the future. You know, it sounds like there isn't a plan you know season three isn't gonna drop until twenty twenty three so that's not confirmed. I'm just but you know when else would it come so right.
1: there's no room for it there's no room in twenty twenty two um <laughs> no, and I think you know they talked about how there was a plan for three seasons, but that they there was no direct confirmation that that is it. it's just not it, there. It,
0: I mean, Patrick Stewart talks about wrapping up the latest series, but he may be talking about, because in the UK, they use the phrase series to mean season.
1: Right. If you've watched um, the British baking show, then you know, they say series, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Metallus, again, I'm reading in between the lines. I'm not, hopefully we'll be interviewing him and we could dig into this more. He's kind of implying there that, that there's a possibility of a Picard spinoff that he he loves this era of star trek Mm -hmm. and he wants to work on star trek forever so he's i he's not done with season three like when you read this article it's like he's gonna keep on going with something with star trek right we don't know what could be more picard it could be a picard spinoff it could be something else entirely but uh he's gonna keep on playing in this universe for sure and i'm i i'm a fan of his so i'm excited about that
1: i'm excited about that just because the way that he talks about it makes me very happy and then there was an interesting thing they asked akiva like if you were coming up with a new series what would you do and he actually started talking about and just prefacing this like this isn't happening this is just someone said to him oh if you were coming up with a new series what's your fantasy of it kind of um, and he started talking about an, an anthology kind of series. Like he said, I'd call it tales of the Federation. And you do these one-offs where you have, you know, Sulu is an older man or Jonathan Archer is doing something. So I, you know, it's funny. Cause that is kind of, was very long ago. The original plan for discovery
0: was to be a type of anthology. Well, I wasn't sure if he meant each episode was its own one-off. I think
1: that I thought that's what he meant.
0: In a way, that's how Picard started. Because so Picard grew out of Short Treks, which is an anthology show, which was kind of just a a fix because they didn't have any content between seasons one and two of Discovery. And one of the things they were thinking in season two of Short Treks is, oh, what if we did a thing or maybe it was season one, I forget, but what if we did a thing with Nichelle Nichols, or what if we did a thing with Patrick Stewart where we did a young Picard? And then they're like, well, why don't we just get, you know, the real Picard? And, and then it just kind of it just grew from there. So this almost is like taking the idea of short treks and turning it into long treks. Yeah. But they would be standalones and they would be tied to the old shows. And then, you know, and now you've got a great way to do – um what Robbie wants to do, he could do his, you know, uh, Captain Proton thing. George Decay is wanted to do Captain Sulu oh, forever. worf could know. do
1: his thing that he's been pushing. <laughs> everybody,
0: everybody gets to do their crazy idea. You know, I think, I think it could work. It could be a little too inside baseball, but because uh, something like that could be very costly because each that's, one you have yeah. to build new sets and that's like, what can I you was build-
1: thinking. It's going to, that would be like, it's an expensive, these shows are always expensive, but that's an expensive proposition unless you come up with some conceit that, that uses the same sets, which doesn't make any sense.
0: Right. Short Treks used the Discovery sets. And so, you know, they built very little for that show. How do you do something like this? But things, you know, I mean, you look at a show like Black Mirror and, you know, the anthology shows can work. Uh, but it's, it's difficult with Star Trek because you have to build a future. You can't just, you know, shoot right. it in L.A. I
1: was going to say a lot of Black Mirror takes place in contemporary, in our contemporary world. Right,
0: right. Yeah. Fair enough. But I, I, I'm a fan of, of anthology shows, so, uh, you know, I thought, oh, that's a pretty cool idea. We'll see what happens. Uh, but the future is looking bright. Yeah, As we said last week, Paramount Plus is committed to essentially two years of constant star trek and they're going to start running out of shows so you know they're going to be looking for new stuff yeah hopefully who knows you know maybe they're going to be owned by apple by 2024 (laughs) you know or you know or they're going to be a division of microsoft i mean the way the universe is changing who knows but yeah things keep on happening more star trek shows are coming
1: yeah, anything else on Picard we should cover? I mean, the big that that magazine is coming out, everybody should read that. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And the article on our site covers some of the season 2 discussions that they have.
0: Let's do some rapid fire stuff so so we can get to Prodigy. Award season continues. Discovery picked up and Lower Decks picked up some sound editing award nominations. Discovery got three. three Discovery got three,
1: and they're all for the episode Kobayashi Maru. And Lower Decks uh, is nominated for Strange Energies. So, well, if we're going to talk about awards, I was very excited to read this. This made my heart very happy. Doug Jones is getting, it's actually a new award from the Makeup and Hairstylist Guild, and it's called the Chair Award, which seems appropriate because, boy, does he spend a lot of time in that chair. So it's basically (laughs) for all of his work— in you know prosthetics and he's he does this for so many different tv shows and movies and obviously he's lovely to work with and he always manages to convey so much through whatever they put on him Um, and so he is getting the very first award which is exciting sonequa martin green is going to be presenting the award which is really nice
0: and discovery's been nominated as well by them
1: So we talked a little bit about the Playmates toys before on the podcast. So they're now the first set are available for pre-order and you can get them. I guess they get sent out in July. So there's a Kirk, Spock and Khan from Wrath of Khan, a five inch action figure with all kinds of poses. And there's Picard and Data from uh, Next Generation Era and Burnham and Saru, basically from first season Star Trek Discovery. They're all five inch figures and they'll go for $15.99. And there's also an Enterprise original series and Phaser from the original.
0: Playmates coming back was was one of our most anticipated things for 2022. This is an okay first wave. I just hope. There's more to come because people are hoping to see prodigy toys, lower decks toys. Yeah. Um, do we need B- data and Picard again? Hardcore collectors are some of them are saying, why are they doing five inch? Um, because it doesn't match the scale Playmates did in the nineties. They're a little bit bigger. Those were four and three quarters inch. But that's the scale they're focusing on these days. I would imagine collectors
1: also want complete sets rather yeah, than I mean, random characters from different eras and parts of the franchise
0: the idea is hopefully they fill these out each of these but uh i'm hoping we get more in 2022 because these aren't going to be in stores until the fall they'll be online in the summer stores in the fall and the thing i'm wondering is are they going to be able to get a second wave out in stores like walmart before christmas this year is the big question mark including the prodigy toys which they've said are coming but we didn't see any of in this so but it's exciting to have playmates back and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing what they have to announce next
1: the phaser and the enterprise look pretty cool for people like me i'm not gonna spend hundreds of dollars on a big thing and create a big display i don't have the space i don't have the disposable income but you know if you were like this phaser looks really cool be like, maybe i could get that
0: <laughs> right for 35 dollars yeah you know
1: if you want to see what everything looks like again we've got pictures up on the site so come on by
0: The other news that came this week was Kate Mulgrew is joining Star Trek online as Janeway and Janeway Janeway and mirror Janeway. Yeah. Um, Marshall Janeway in the mirror (laughs) universe.
1: (laughs) The, I guess, slightly unfortunate thing. So Kate Mulgrew um, posted on social basically saying like very exciting news coming tomorrow. She hasn't been in the game before. I don't think so it is. It, look, if you play the game, that's big news and that's great. But given the sort of caliber of news that we have these days when we get big news, I think there are disappointed fans who are expecting like Star Trek Janeway is going to be a new series or something that truly is big news, given the fact that we're in a year that's seeing five original new Star Trek series.
0: There was a, a clue in her tweet. So it she, she showed a picture of the new... Two hundred dollar Janeway figure, which is beautiful, <laughs> uh, um, holding a little mirror, right? Because
1: mirror she's going to be playing
0: Mirror Janeway, and so some people figured it out, but uh, you you kind of have to be a gamer to have figured that out. Last thing, just you know, this is something's visual, so we're just saying go to the website and read Brian's great article about the latest update about the Star Trek the Motion Picture Director's Edition. Um, coming to paramount plus in 4k hd Um, he's got a lot of great details there's pictures it all came from star trek.com but he does some good analysis and uh we're still waiting for a release date on that but that's another most anticipated 2022 project
1: yeah that movie has a special place in my heart for sure
0: so let's move on to prodigy the mid-season finale is going to be a two parter with one part this week, one part next week. So this week we get a Moral Star part one. I liked it, but that part one really hit me in that I was enjoying it so much that when it ended, it just, it like, I'm like, what? <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> well, that's, you know.
1: what a, that's what a part one of two parts is supposed to do. I mean, it's funny because you'd mentioned that. And you're like, it's really hard to figure out what I think about it without seeing part two. And I think, well, they this isn't their first two-parter. So <laughs> why is this one? Maybe because of the way that it ended. It did feel a little abrupt at the end, maybe. Um, but I was curious as to why your reaction was so strong to that.
0: You're calling episodes four and five when they were on the murder planet, a two-parter. Yeah. I mean, that was a two episode arc. I wouldn't call that a (laughs) two-parter. Their only other, their only other two-parter was uh, the series premiere, which was a part one and a part two, but they ran that together on one night. And I went back and I kind of looked at part one of that. And I think the same thing existed where it really was written as a kind of traditional hour-long episode cut in half and both parts are good but they work well together whereas episodes four and five i feel were more suited even though they're part of a two-episode arc i mean this may sound like nomenclature perhaps but um and i'm not saying i didn't like the episode i liked it a lot it, until it stopped and uh, and and i wanted more <laughs>
1: that's how i so feel about much. all the episodes yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in love with the show. Like whatever they're selling, I'm buying a thousand percent. And so at the end of each one, I'm always just like, oh <laughs> because I want <laughs> I want it to keep going. And I'm gonna be really bummed when we run out of new episodes.
0: This episode is interesting that it was written by the entire writer's room. Yeah. Which I've I've never seen show credit the entire i mean they they list all their names because they have to because the wga rules so everybody is credited as a writer the showrunners all the writers which is a certainly first for star trek and i don't remember ever seeing that for any show
1: yeah shows don't do that and even when uh, you know most of the writers in a writer's room have contributed to an episode there's still like one person or two people will get the credit for the episode based on you know lots of details and things and how they work that out but you know i listen to a lot of episode rewatch podcasts of other shows and they go oh yeah no i mean that person's name is on it but really you know this person wrote that part and we wrote this but this was nice to see all the names up there
0: and it's directed by the creative lead on the show and Mm -hmm. executive producer i i almost feel like i'm sure it wasn't this way but it's the show is so well crafted that They built this two-part season finale, and we've only seen half of it, and then worked backward from that. Like, this was where everything was headed, and everything they've done up till now has been so perfectly placed. There's a piece of every episode in this episode.
1: I felt exactly the same way. Like, none of the characters could do what they're doing without all the episodes that have come before. The emotional stakes are there because of the episodes that have come before relationships too i just they they really built this so well
0: And, you know, and pieces of technology and little bits of lore here and there, little met, you know, the Kobayashi Maru gets mentioned and, you know, Murph's being indestructible, which in a lot of this stuff we've been saying, oh, that, you know, that's going to be important. And lo and behold, it was very important. Although he doesn't do what uh, my nephew David was wanting. (laughs) In a way he kind of does, because he does, you know, he doesn't absorb the protostar he absorbs the, the proto, proto star. drive
1: <laughs> yeah so i so still I'm, I'm still rooting for that to happen what david wanted
0: yeah um <laughs> well maybe yeah i mean there's more more seasons to come <laughs> it was just so well crafted and this wasn't really about any one character it was about the team which i really liked although you may you could probably say you know it's more about doll than the others perhaps but only slightly and gwen but they're Kind of the Kirk and Spock of the show anyway, so that, you know, makes sense.
1: And they had all... I really liked the callbacks to the first episode. Like, first of all, that Dahl was a a prisoner there and Gwyn wasn't, and they talked about that. The cat boots line that I still liked that I think you didn't like (laughs) from the beginning. (laughs) I I like
0: the fact that they called back to it. Yeah. Even though it was an eye roll, but it just... It's all part of that crafting that I'm talking
1: about. Yeah, it was so expertly done
0: and the star trek themes of hope and family and teamwork were all there it was a very star trek you know and of course just all the stuff on the bridge and it was all that all felt very star trek when Dahl was basically being all captain-y for the first time
1: right and saying the important line of saying i can't do this my the usual half-baked thing that i do i really you know that's not going to work and that he he wasn't there until now
0: they even had a old fashioned let's all get around a conference room scene, you mm-hmm. know, which I kind of never thought they would do on this show, but they did that. And he leaves and doesn't make the decision, but it's be- it's because he's, he's concerned about the crew. He said, if it was just me, I would do it, but I, you know, I don't want to lose you all basically. Right. And that was, you know, he's kind of learned his lesson. He listened to Spock and he's, acting like a captain should act
1: well he learned his lesson by doing it you know hundreds of times like that was the beauty of that episode was that he did it so many times and because i feel like in a lot of shows they resolve moments like that like one thing happens and the person goes oh now i know i should be more responsible and i thought they did it beautifully with his stubbornness to show his strength and his weakness at the same time and so that brings us to this episode where he really has learned what he needed to learn and he's learned how to lead
0: one of the beauties of that episode it's kind of like what happened with rock talk although in a much shorter version is he did that scenario so many times He actually did learn quite a bit about starship operations and, you know, how Mm -hmm. to use the shields and the deflectors and the this and the that. All the things you kind of need to know to be a captain. And it's kind of funny where he's like issuing orders and Jacob kind of not isn't being insubordinate, but isn't using the correct protocol and terminology. Cargo
1: transpo is a go-go. And then he goes, oh, I mean, uh, cargo transport already, Captain. Like, that was pretty cute. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Although I guess um, Dal has his version of a different thing, which is, of course, he has to have a catchphrase. Is this going to be a catchphrase?
1: No. See, that's what I liked about it was that I felt like it wasn't and that it was almost in in a way, in a loving way, maybe poking at the idea that you need one. The go,
0: the the go fast go, or let's fast. go fast.
1: Yeah, I think he just said go fast, and I'm like, yeah. Right. Let's
0: let's hope that's not his catchphrase. I
1: don't think so. <laughs> and I, I we don't need catchphrases.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although you know what's weird is, does Zero have a catchphrase now? Does who? He zero. Because it? they hoot hoot. Yes, they kept
1: saying hoot hoot over and over. <laughs>
0: So I think that's their new catchphrase, or just kind of their their thing. That's yeah, you know. Hoo-hoo. So it's it's cute, but a, um, but a
1: captain doesn't need a catchphrase to get the ship to go somewhere.
0: <laughs> let's talk about the elephant in the room, or the thing that I think a lot of people are going to talk about. So after he decides, yes, they're going to be a crew and they're going to do the thing. We get the moment that we've been thinking we're going to get, which is they put on uniforms. Right. It's a very symbolic thing, obviously.
1: I love the moment where that happened. They set up such a great contrast because he's sitting there with the goggles, the work goggles that he had when he was on Tars Lamora and clearly remembering his time there. and And he feels this loss of hope, right? Because he looks back and that was a place he tried to get away from so many times and it was so terrible. And then when he gets the uniform, his whole he gets hope, he smiles, and he's transformed.
0: And it's great that they're they're wearing Starfleet uniforms. There's a couple. I have a couple little questions. One is, first is, what are these uniforms? At first, I'm like, are these cadet uniforms? I think these are provisional uniforms because they it, it was a little too close, not too in a bad way. I'm just saying the the color was very close to the Wesley provisional. Uh, ensign uniform Mm -hmm. so i think that's what these are these aren't cadet uniforms they're provisional starfleet uniforms but then the question is why did the captain because he's in the captain's quarters and he opens up a drawer why was there one of these in that drawer is the question that fed him perfectly Um, right because at first i thought it was going to be a captain's uniform in one of the drawers but this can't be you know because there was no Rank. there was no uh department
1: okay i have some head cannon for it
0: okay you go ahead
1: ready because hologram janeway is as we know constantly listening to everybody <laughs> knows what's going on <laughs> i think she planted it there
0: oh that's
1: good which is I why like it would be the right size too which is why everybody's was so perfectly sized for the shape of their bodies, which was great. Because, but you know, in the history of Starfleet uniforms, you know, you got to be a certain shape to wear those things and and look good. And this was like, yeah, no, you don't. The uniform's going to be designed around your shape.
0: (laughs) So based on that headcanon, when Zero goes to their bunk, did they find a little spray can?
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: In just the right colors.
1: I think, yeah, I think Janeway did it. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it.
0: So what's what's interesting, I found, is that Janeway sees this, and is super excited, of course. And then she transforms her uniform, but she doesn't put on the uniform we saw her on in with Chakotay. She matches yeah. to theirs, kind of but with a command stripe. So it's a little different. I feel like what you're saying and this and the fact that when the diviner gets on the ship and she says, you don't belong there, even though according to her her previous logic of, you know, the crew is the crew. I think what's, what we're seeing is Janeway's moved beyond her core programming. She's doing things on her own, as it were, she's freelancing a little bit you know planting uniforms or whatever but this is you know she's becoming more than and just like the doctor did essentially and who knows where that's going to lead but she's definitely not the built-in training program if she ever was yeah i think about
1: it i know i don't think i don't know i it it certainly felt like she was if she was, she seemed kind of stupid for a while for not figuring it out. So I I feel like she's known a lot more all along.
0: There was a one moment on the bridge in the montage, because we had a great montage scene uh, where they're all doing cool things to prepare for their big plan, where Rock Talk and Gwyn are on the bridge doing stuff with the consoles Because, of course, Rock Talk is now very adept at the computers. And Janeway says, that's quite an upgrade. And my question is, what was it an upgrade? Was it an upgrade to Janeway? Oh, I just assumed it was...
1: Yeah, to the the ship or something they were working on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it could be.
1: But what I especially liked about that scene was (laughs) the coffee, because... Rock Talk giggles about having coffee, which is, you know, the joy that I feel in the morning when I have my cup of coffee. I thought I wrote down Rock's face reflects how I feel about coffee.
0: <laughs> Janeway has, has got the kid hooked. Basically. Yeah, Janeway's
1: thrilled to have coffee converts for sure.
0: Yeah. Gwen was drinking coffee too, yeah. so slowly but surely. All 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 the the, the ladies are drinking coffee. Um it'll be soon to get the boys on board so <laughs> all of that stuff though like the planning and all that it may have gone too long
1: i, I don't you think i so i felt like it was almost replaying like we got it, here we go we're gonna do it it's gonna happen we're re- like i felt like they they that was like the weakest moment because i felt like they built up the emotion of it and then did it again a couple times
0: But I did like how this was all set up as a choice: go back to the Federation or go back to Tars Lamora. That was the decision that Dal had to make, which again opens up the possibility that they will eventually get to the Federation.
1: Right. But the stakes were high for each of them individually as well, which is what I liked about. I like when something is. Is global and personal, which is like the show 24 was at its best, right? When it was global and about Jack Bauer's personal life. So this too, like you have, they realize like it's because they left that the unwanted, the miners are in danger. You know, Zero is afraid that they'll be used to hurt others. Like everybody has their specific thing that they're worried about, as well as the big picture of we can't give him the ship.
0: I mean I always expected them to go back because the, the cute little kitty yeah the kitty we just can <laughs> who was who of course was very prominent in this because the, the kitty's kind of the proxy of all of the miners. I thought that the finale the two you know the two part finale was going to mostly deal with the chicote storyline and then a, and then the next block of 10 would have them go back to save all the, the the kitty and the rest of them, but I get I get the sense that they're doing it the other way around.
1: Yeah, obviously. Uh,
0: yeah, because you know, there's no <laughs> Jason Alexander. You right. know, there's no Chicote. I guess maybe we'll get a piece of them in the tenth episode, but because they announced them all before this the season started, and so we're thinking they've they've got to play a bigger role in the first block of ten. You know if there's so much going on, are we really gonna get any more chicote? I, I think maybe at the end of uh, the next I was episode, say knows? if they do
1: it, it'll be right at the end of the next episode.
0: who knows? maybe there'll be a big part. Maybe you know as soon as the next episode starts, chicote shows up, but uh With I have a feeling that, yeah, <laughs> exactly, but I have a feeling that's really not the case because there's still so much to go on. So let me ask you this, did you fall for it? Um, as it were, so they they show up, and the, the diviner takes Gwyn, gives them his ship, and leaves. But then uh, he they took the protostar. Did you kind of know something like that was coming? I guess is the question.
1: Well, no, that I mean, I knew they had a plan, and that they knew that I knew that they were prepared for things to go awry, and they weren't just coming down and being like, "Here's the ship. I hope you'll honor the deal." I knew they weren't doing that but I will admit that the first the first time I watched it i wasn't i was distracted because doesn't matter why and <laughs> and so I wasn't looking closely and of course the second time through when I did already know how things were gonna play out and then I was like oh yeah if I'd been looking i would have if i'd been looking more carefully at that moment I would have noticed obviously the zero thing
0: there were clues in the montage that they were making a fake zero.
1: Just the way they were holding him, you know, Right, that like, yeah. was all completely new and different. So and even when Gwen says goodbye to everybody, she didn't say goodbye to Zero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and Zero doesn't say anything during that whole thing. Right.
1: Zero who usually chimes in with some hoot hoot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine most mostly the audience. I, I, I was perhaps looking too closely there was a point where i stopped during the montage of the freeze frame and it kind of shows uh what looks like a design for another zero so well it'll
1: be interesting when you bring when you when you show it to annie and david
0: yeah i want to show them the finale as a single thing yeah um so uh they're not with us this week and uh yeah that's that's we'll see if that if that happens Last week, you we were speculating that maybe the Diviner is going to catch up to them because we got a lot of good John Noble and uh, Jimmy Simpson this week, especially John Noble. And it was great to see a lot of stuff with the Diviner with both Dal and with Gwyn.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed so much. There were so many, I thought, little moments that I just loved in the middle of all this big stuff that's going on in the overarching plan.
0: I do feel, and maybe this is the part of the reason why I'm like, ah, see, it's only a part one, because they are really milking the, why does the Diviner want the Proto-Star so much thing? You know, they kept, Gwyn keeps on saying, so, so why? Yeah, why? what is the
1: deal, man? <laughs> Dad, what's yeah. up? And then they do the glowing head thing, and then you're like, she's going to figure it out, and then he finds out that she's stalling because of the glowing head
0: thing i felt like that was a little frustrating (laughs) because they've been all season long it's been the big question
1: right and he says it's time to tell her the truth i should have told her the truth and we're like okay tell her
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm like yep yep looking at my watch yep it's time yep um but apparently it's not time (laughs) uh so because i mean it's 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 now clear that it's not the ship he wants it's just the drive there's something about that protostar, which is now inside Murph, that <laughs> is his salvation. Um, he's familiar with the ship because the way he walks around the ship, him and Dreadnought, it's clear they've both been there before.
1: Yeah, he says it's been far too long or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I guess he's the one because when Dreadnought uh, turns Janeway into evil Janeway, I don't know. They call her corrupted Janeway in yes. the credits. Oh, she's got like she looks like she's in black and white and she's suddenly wearing black lipstick.
1: <laughs> yeah, she has like pale skin and has black lipstick. Like that's how you can tell she's bad.
0: But you can see the code from his code that he left on the ship is what they use to rewrite her. Right. Or that's kind of what's implied. He
1: says, "Dreadnought, override this Starfleet nuisance."
0: <laughs> was- he really Hates Starfleet well, for some he does. reason.
1: Well, so the uniforms pissed him off. Like, they, the minute he saw those uniforms, he was pissed. And when he saw the the badge, he said, remove that vile thing. Like, he just really hates the
0: Federation. I'm guessing that Chakotay did something in the past that denied him the ship and maybe destroyed his family or his, his civilization. There was a war somehow. Chicoté, you know, was on the other side of it, and they lost something. You know, I think something like that happened. Obviously, Chicoté did the right thing.
1: Of course, it's Chicoté. He always does the right thing.
0: But whatever it was, Chicoté picked a side, and it wasn't the side of the diviner, and that's why he's pissed. Yep. And somehow the ship was involved, and and this was back in the past. And the question is, how long and where's Chicoté now? Right. Um, and they've got to sort all that out in the last in the other 24 minutes apparently yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it had all the things we want it, the music was great production design there was a lot of good humor with both Jankum and with zero it was good i just want the rest of it
1: <laughs> yeah no it <laughs> made me very it. eager to watch part two but there were so many good lines and good exchanges too
0: What's your favorite one?
1: I had a whole bunch, but, but right there was a great exchange at the very end where Rock says something like, she says, good thing he's indestructible. Otherwise, our faces would be melting off. <laughs> and then Jankum says, speaking of melting faces off, didn't Zero beam down before us? And then Zero arrives and says, a joyful play on words at the expense of my own insecurities about the harm my true appearance could afflict. Very funny, Jankum. Hoot, hoot. It's just like, that was after this big, dramatic moment it was just they have the balance down so well
0: (laughs) it's great that they don't forget to have fun with it yeah you could feel the writers just fine-tuning it punching it up getting all these little this line here that line there to make it all you know fit together although there's a couple of like logic things for example how did the diviner know that this was all going to work because we, he, they didn't find the recording of the threat until Gal accidentally knocked the the robot's head off. So how did the Diviner know when to start his 24-hour countdown to kill all the miners?
1: Okay, I have some headcanon for that, too. So okay. I think that <laughs> when it was activated, he got a signal that it had been activated okay all right. um, <laughs> i'm just gonna enough. go with that because i had the same question i'm like how long were they sitting around like playing with that first of all i thought it was really creepy that they thought it was fun to hang out with the pieces of dreadnought like i would be taking every <laughs> piece apart and putting it in a different thing and crushing it and here they are like or Look. just
0: vaporizing it you know right, it's but just, dangerous
1: but just leaning on it or having it hang around seemed sort of odd <laughs>
0: But as we said last week, they need a security officer.
1: Yes, they do. They really do. <laughs> um, but so that's the only thing I could come up with. Because otherwise, you can't give someone a time deadline if you don't know when they're getting the message.
0: <laughs> the The other thing is, as, they're, as the Protostar is leaving with the Diviner, he... Destroys the generator on his ship, the Rev Twelve, mm-hmm. and and that apparently just gives everyone on this asteroid an hour to live or something like that. But earlier we saw the Rev Twelve leave the asteroid, and they went to go chase down the protostar. So why didn't everyone on the asteroid just die when they did that before? Like, why does the asteroid need the Rev Twelve? Doesn't it have its own? Can it generate its own shield? That doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Have Come on, where's cannon. where's your head cannon? I don't have any head cannon for that. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out.
0: <laughs> but I, I I guess they're gonna take over. They're gonna fix the ship um, and uh, get some universal hoping,
1: translators to everybody.
0: What I thought in in my uh, speculation is that they were gonna somehow get universal translators to the miners to help the miners coordinate to start a revolution. But at least they I, hopefully they'll use them next week to at least get them to help them.
1: So what do you think? Do you think the cat is going to have like a very sophisticated vocabulary and voice?
0: <laughs> like, Like Tony Randall or something like that? <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> yes, like Tony Randall.
0: <laughs> is he still alive? He's not alive. I
1: don't think so.
0: <laughs> but someone like that. Yeah. Yes. Well, because I'm thinking of Gremlins. That was, right. remember Gremlins 2? <laughs> yes.
1: Grem- believe it or not, I've seen Gremlins 2 and not Gremlins 1. And I loved Gremlins 2.
0: Oh my God. Well, <laughs> you just stop recording now and go watch it. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too on the nose cat-like. Hopefully it is something fun and different, but uh, I, I suspect it'll just be perfectly fitting cat-like speech. We'll see. Um <laughs> And and not not uh, like Dr. Tata.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't think that would be the
0: case. <laughs> this has been a great season, and it looks like it's going to end on a high note. And I, I can't wait to next week. And then after that, of course, we get Discovery.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, so I think that covers it for Prodigy for this week. What have you got for your bits?
0: My bit comes from TikTok, because I am a teenager.
1: Do you do little dances and put up videos?
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> There's this music teacher. His account is Jim Lapbap, which isn't his real name, I don't think. <laughs> and what what he does is he takes well known music and he does quirky arrangements, kind of these like fun, almost it sound like cr- cartoony. Uh, romantic comedy arra- rearrangements of famous music. And lately, he's been doing all of the Star Trek shows. And they're very fun and funny. And he fills his videos with dad jokes. So I've been enjoying them. Um, <laughs> let's pl- play a little bit of the TNG theme. <laughs> his way through he's all the way up to discovery that is his latest so it's also worth checking out his star his 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 quirky version of the imperial star wars marches not to be missed
1: (laughs) we should add a link to that i know it's not star trek but i think that's something people would enjoy
0: I love just seeing musicians who love Star Trek do Star Trek things like they do the DS9 theme on bassoon. There's or, an
1: accordion or... guy out there doing great accordion versions. I say this as someone who's <laughs> married to someone who plays the accordion very well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just fun. Um, what's your thing?
1: My thing is a very old clip of Patrick Stewart. So it's, I guess, Star Trek adjacent. Um, on Coronation Street, which is this British soap that's been running for decades. He was on it in 1967. And he plays a police officer. It's a very short scene. It's so funny to see him in that role and so young. And, you know, a lot of people on Twitter were sort of commenting on it and and saying like, oh, he has, it's great that he has five different accents and one scene but the funniest one was as as the scene ends he he walks off camera to leave and then you hear all this thumpity thumpity thump, thump thump like obviously he knocked something over on his way out and then someone on twitter said presumably he was surprised by the door not sliding open on its
0: own <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's a great clip and just so fun to see him in it so that's mine.
0: I did see that. I think it's the oldest thing I've ever seen him in.
1: Yeah. I looked I looked at his IMDb and he had two other small credits for like British TV shows um, before that. But yeah, it's the, that's definitely the oldest thing I've ever seen him.
0: Can't see his hair there because he's wearing a British Bobby's helmet. Yes. Unfortunately.
1: <laughs> I'm hoping he will see it and comment on it actually.
0: Oh, that would be great. Yeah. That would be great.
1: I hope someone, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't tag him because he doesn't ever notice when I tag him. So there didn't seem to be much point, but maybe, maybe Trek movie could, would have more success.
0: (laughs) I'm looking forward to his memoir, which he talked about in that interview. Um, He's been writing it for the last year. He's, he talked a little bit about what it's like writing the next generation parts and going back. Um, And it just, I think that's just going to be a fascinating memoir because his career goes so far back and, you know, he's been involved with so many cool projects. So not just Star Trek.
1: His life was really interesting too, like his home life and how he got into acting and all of those things. Like I've heard him telling some stories on some podcasts that are really good and fascinating.
0: And I think he'll be honest and frank about everything. You know, he just seems, oh yeah when you've so i'm looking forward to it
1: me too and he also he talked about um watching encounter at farpoint um again for the first time i guess in a very very long time and how he was struck by how uptight he was so
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that was a long time ago
1: yes it was
0: for the character and the man
1: that's it for another episode of all access star trek please come to the site. Uh, We have links to all the stories that we've talked about and we are very anxious to read your comments about the podcast and the shows.
0: Goodbye.